This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Good evening, welcome to the Rangers Rabble podcast, it is JD, and it's just switched as well again, William. Anyway, it's probably the way I put us back on, so good evening all, we are here tonight to do, there we go, um, to do best, was that Martin texting saying, put him in the right corner, um, we are here tonight to do best of the rest, now, of course, there was no SPFL games, but we do have the Scottish Cup games to chat about. Um, there is a game ongoing at the moment. Couldn't really care. Only kidding, of course. It's a game, but um, we'll maybe touch on that. I didn't really see the first half, but I think we watched some of it, didn't we, guys? So I think we'll, we'll have a wee touch on it. Um, what are you saying, Kerr? Nothing, I'm just breathing. All right, I think <laughs> <laughs> well, well, put yourself in mute then. <laughs> um, tonight, I'm joined by Kerr, Wally, and Aldo. Are we good, folks? Yeah, we're good. And hello to everybody watching and the people in the comments. And yeah, Scottish Cup um, quarterfinals. It was, isn't it? Wasn't it weekend there? It was. Kick right off. This might be shorter than usual, but I think as the chat goes on, there's maybe a few players I'll throw in that we can chat about. Maybe not propose them to be for Rangers players, but you never know. People that could add to our squad or whatnot, but. We will kick off. Just good evening. Let me have a little look, see who's kicking about. Of course, CGM is there. And he's just saying, gentlemen. So, yeah, we are that. And Ian Ross, my good mate, he's back on. Changed his profile picture. I see that. Ian, um, good evening. And yes, Jim Gurley, that's fucking bang on, mate. Absolute bang on. Couldn't get it wrong. Sorry there, mate. Fair play to you. And I'm looking at your profile picture, you look like a banger and all. But anyway, we're all bangers. <laughs> um, yes. Anyway, and there's Alan there as well. Um, even Alan, um, how you're doing, mate? And yeah, 
Good evening, good evening, Jason. Aldo, there's one your mate saying all right. So yes, we will kick off. And listen, there's no there's no other way or place to start, right? If we're talking about the best of the rest, but um Tyne Castle. What what listen, what a game that was. Kerr, I'm gonna to come to you first. But the first question, I don't want you to jump into everything because I've made notes tonight, right? So I've got structure. So structure. But, aye. So Kerr. Yes. My first thing was what I really noticed the Tyne Castle um park. Oh my it was like a bowling green for this beautiful, beautiful react care, luscious green. Nobody no nobody backed me up here. I thought the ground looked amazing. the park looked amazing. Especially for a time of the season anyway. That's what I thought. Care. Looked green to me. Care. <laughs> <laughs> That's my opening at the best of the race Scottish Cup I special. I look better on the race course, but that way. I look better on the race course, apparently. Aye. I look better. Okay, I'll come straight to you and then. I know it's a player you like, but I thought he had a really good first half. Um, Hearts obviously win the game 4-2. We'll come to the goals. Some of the action was brilliant, but first 10 minutes, 15, 20 minutes, Barry McKay was running the show, wasn't he? Superb, superb. Barry's a great player. Plays with his head up, can create chances galore. When he's got confidence, he knows he can beat somebody. He's superb. He's saying his consistency with Barry. It's always been like that, but we all know how good he is. He was at, I mean, he done it at Rangers when he was a good player with us, and he's been at a few different clubs, and he always starts well, and then he kind of yeah. disappears. But at heart, he's a wee bit of consistency there, and there's a good chance he could be in the next Scotland squad as well, just because his performances have been really good. But he's very difficult to mark Barry because he can play with, he can use both feet and go left or right, and he can he sees a pass before defenders do. He's, he's just a really good player. Well, we, we touched on Barry McKay last week a little bit, didn't we? But he's put in another cracking performance um, at the weekend there. Yeah, look, the one thing about Barry is he's very direct when he goes at players, especially. He seems to have got his confidence back a wee bit. I know when he moved down to England at first, he did well, a bit like what Kerr's saying, but then he kind of drifted and it didn't really seem to work out for him. Somewhere like Tynecastle, you know, the way that Hearts try and play, they do actually use the width of the pitch quite a bit. So I think it works well for Barry um, and that he can get at players. And the thing is, like, let's be honest about it, he's not going to come up against the same standard of players in Scotland as he did in England. So when he's playing at Hearts, He's probably got a little bit more time on the ball. He can take players on easier. He's got that extra burst of speed that not many others have got. And the one thing Barry probably needs to add to his game is more goals. You know, he does a lot of other things really well. Just to be adding a few of those. He's not selfish enough. He's not selfish enough, Ollie. That's his problem. I agree. I agree. Aldo, Hearts go up 1-0. And um, this is a player that we probably, me and Kerr and um, Jamie Curry had waxed lyrical about at the start of the season, um, Beningamy. He'd started the season really, really well. We were talking about him probably in every week, saying he's a, probably a player that I would take at Ibrox most definitely. But Barry McKay's involved. Beningamy gets almost like a kind of scrappy wee tap in. But is that a player you've been imp- impressed with perhaps, Aldo? Aye, I have actually, to be honest. I've seen him. Not really seen too much of him, um, but with the highlights that I've seen, he's one of the key players. Him and McKay, I would say. Yeah, he's a great, a kind of um, Brian Kamara type S player that mid centre midfield care. He seems to have, he seems to have kind of he had a bit of dip in form before Christmas, after Christmas, but he seems to have been playing a wee bit better again. 
Um, I know this probably his first full season really playing yeah. kind of topper level football, but he's starting to play a lot better again, isn't he? Yeah, he just does a job for Hearts, doesn't he? He's got, he's got a certain job to do there and he does it really well. Him and the boy, Cammy Devlin, complement each other. They both can put in tackles, they both can just keep the ball moving, keep the ball. The goal he scored, to be fair, was quite poor defending by St. Murn, but he got himself in the score sheet. And, but he gets in there, but he's, he gets in there, he doesn't hide and he covers it, he covers the whole pitch. I mean, he's all over the place just trying to win the ball back or defend. He's a really good player for the Hearts. The go to up, Kerr, that's why I'll come back to you, Kerr, because I know you've got your thoughts on Ben Woodburn, but that's and always a cracker, man. It was a like one-touch football in, out, back in, and the boy Harden puts it in, which is an odd one because he's a defensive midfielder. Um, but Ben Woodburn put a decent ball in, did he not? He did. It was really good one-touch play with Hearts, and it was... Uh, they done it quite quickly and it was fast forward attacking football. I thought Charles done us at one. I think he's still looking for that ball at this moment in time. He was, not, he was no way to be seen, is he? But no, it was a really good goal by Hearts. And after they went to an up, you thought that's game over, but it wasn't to be. But no, they, they started to come out of the traps flying, didn't they? I was quite surprised the crowd wasn't as big as I thought it was going to be. I don't know if it was because it was a Saturday. Yeah, whatever, but it's. I thought the crowd was quite poor. Someone had a big fall in there, but I thought there was a lot of space in the hearts stands. I was surprised at that myself. Um, William, uh, it was a good goal, wasn't it? Cracking build up play, perfect finish. Yeah, look, I think it's the sort of goal that you would expect probably Rangers or Celtic to score, to be honest with you, with the quality of football. It was really good, quick, one, two touch football, and he put it away lovely as well. It was a really, yeah. really decent finish, to be fair to him. And I think at that point, I think if you're totally honest, Hearts are two and up after, what, about half an hour? You're probably thinking that game's over. You know, so I think it, I think it shows that St. Mern has a bit of character. I mean, even just looking back at Birmingham a second, but this is a guy that's 23. He'd hung about Everton for a long time. He'd been out in loan, I think, twice. Hearts picked him up in the summer, basically, when he was released. And it just shows you that there is good assets in England, especially at the under 23 level, that can come up here and sort of rejuvenate themselves. You know, he's come up here and had a really good season for Hearts, and I wouldn't be surprised if there was a couple of English clubs yeah. looking at him um, and maybe willing to pay a fee. And the fact is, obviously, Hearts have been back there and managed to pick up a loan signing in the guy Ellis Sims as well. Well, he's another one that's come in from Everton. I know it's only a loan, but I think what's interesting with him is the fact that Beringham he's did well, you wonder if that's been like a kind of factor in why Everton have allowed Sims to go out and loan because I think he was like one of the top under twenty three players down in England in terms of his goal ratio. So he it's interesting that you know he was allowed to go to Hearts. You wonder if that's off the back of the Beringham like free transfer move, and maybe that's yeah. a reason why we might see more of these transfers to Scottish clubs because I think the English under twenty three market is one that a lot more clubs could look at. You know, I think, I think Everton's got a good rapport with Hearts because of Stephen Naismith. Well, I think because he's been at both yeah. clubs and the director of football at Hearts used to be at Preston, but he also he's worked with the boys at Everton before. So I think, and then he watched. Yeah, you watch, talking watch, Gary Naismith, Kerr? Oh, Stephen Naismith was at Everton, but Gary Naismith is. I'm not sure he is at the moment, but Stephen Naismith, who's at Hearts, was at Everton, wasn't he? Played with Everton. So I think, yeah, that's, yeah. I think that's the relationship they've got. Is he the director of football at Hearts now? No, he's a coach, but the director, no, of at, the director of football at Hearts, which used to be director of football at Preston, but I know he's got a lot of 
Joe Savage in it. Aye, Joe, aye. So no, he had a lot of under 23 names in his last, and Ellis Sims is one of them. I don't know if he'll ever get a game of him because I don't know if he'll break that into that team, but he's a big physical boy who'll score goals, as we've seen. He just, look, he just lacks a bit of pace for me, but I don't know if it's... I'd maybe, maybe, maybe it's quicker than you think, but I, sometimes I just think he could be, if he was faster, he'd be so quick. He, look, he, he does look a good player, certainly for this level anyway, for coming up to Scotland, he looks like he'll score, he looks like he's, he's going to score goals. Um, yeah, move, if you move on, it took, like William's saying there, at 2-0, um, Kerr, I know this is another player that we've probably gave a bit of stick to, but we said St. Martin, I mean, Kerr, you know, you're all Manchester St. Martin fans, they've got some decent players, but there is some other players that are perhaps not that level, but where did Richard Tate find that cross for don't know, but he was poor the whole game, wasn't he? Apart from <laughs> that ball in. The bonus way, I think it was just, I think it was very, it was just maybe, I'm going to say, maybe had it too quickly for Brophy, but Brophy done melt his stretch out, and when it came off his toe, it could only go one place, and that's where it went, and that's how Gordon couldn't get to it. But it's good, Brophy is another player who should be scoring more more goals for the ball that he's got. Yeah, Aldo Brophy had a good. Spell was it Kelly Winston? Was there a half season or a season he played really well for Kelly? And there was a bit of chat about him, God, maybe elsewhere. He's ended up at St. Mirren, which I thought I thought raised their eyebrows at at the time. But great point by Richard Tate. It was a, it was a decent finish. He just, he just gains it in, didn't he? Gordon's got no chance here, has he? Gordon's rooted to the spot, so it just shows you how good the finish was. He didn't even move for it. I think the what made the goal was the cross, the power yeah. in the cross. It all they had to do was get a touch on it. I thought he'd have went with his heat though. Because it was just well, kind of right gains in, doesn't he? So it was a beautiful it was a beautiful a beautiful finish. Um the, the, the only one the only other bit of action I thought before we talk about probably one of the best goals we've seen this season, perhaps, or definitely this weekend anyway. Um uh Willie, how how did that bar most snap him half when Craig Halkett hits that for five yards? No, uh, normally when the big man hits a shawl at uh, it, it'll hit the back of I'm surprised he missed it to be fair. Wow. But I think I think when you look at Hearts and the way that they played actually against St Murna, I thought they were a lot more aggressive than what they had been maybe in previous weeks. And I thought that was interesting. Maybe the manager kind of looked at the situation and felt... I think like cup games are different in a lot of managers' minds. I think they see it as a one-off tie and they just want to go at it. And I think Hearts try to do that. And I think when you look at you know the way the Hearts played in that first half, I thought they were the far better team and they created more chances, and you know, if you're honest, they probably should have been comfortable at half time if they'd taken the chances that kind of fell their way. Kers, I don't know if you know the answer to this one, but I've seen Tanzer went off early doors in the second half. Surely that's an injury, is it not? Because he's be been probably one of St. Martin's main players, hasn't he? He gives him a better shape when he's here because he's kicking up and down the left and he puts in a decent ball, but I'm not sure if he was injured or if it was tactical, but I think it probably was. And do you think I don't even yeah. I don't even take Scott Tanzer off? Just going on one point, Jink. Uh, I, I can't remember what play it was. I had a shot away. I don't know if it was Brophy, but Halliday made the late tackle. Do you think that was a penalty? Nah, I don't think so. I know, I know the, exactly. I know the one you're talking about. See, I do because like James McPake spoke on sports and the main thing about Kyogo with Livingston. Do you know what I mean? Aye, true. And I, I fancy fact, him. I do the but I fancy outside the pitch. You make a tackle and the balls away. It's a free kick. So how's it not a penalty? Was, yeah, I, what was going to say is, I think like, the thing you've seen already is, like, you look at the penalty that we got against Red Star, 
you know, it's like Kent's not actually in control of the ball. But then after that, there's contact in the penalty area and it's awarded. So if VAR is implemented in Scotland next season, that's probably a penalty, like sort of going by the rules of the game. Whether you agree with it or not, that's a different opinion because like the Kent ones obviously caused a lot of like sort of debate, you could say, obviously. So, But the reality is, if you look at the rules of the game, that is a penalty. But for many of us that's watched football for a long time, we wouldn't give that as a penalty. No, I know. I'm just going with football nowadays. Because... Be no, you're right. You're right. So, I mean, like, if that incident is shown on VAR, it's likely that would have been a penalty. And that could have changed the course of the game, potentially. Aye. It have been a soft penalty, though. I would have been made, but this is the thing now with VAR. When you look at some of the decisions that's been given recently and some of the red cards, I mean, that one who we're going to talk about obviously soon, like the Mullerwell game, see if you watch that back in VAR. I don't know if there's enough evidence to overturn the red to a yellow, whereas if the referee gives a yellow, there's probably not enough to make it a red. So this is the thing that like, I think they need to come out and explain that fully. Because it's got to be a decision that's a hundred percent right, and to me, I don't agree with all the VAR decisions, but I do think if they'd looked at that one again, given what's been kind of like sort of given recently with VAR, I think they would have given a penalty for that. Yeah, I just want to pull up um, CGM's comment because I think we probably can't talk about Hearts without even touching on. So I know we will talk about him all the time, but it wasn't playing. Um, is this a concern for MD? I think he just picked up a knee injury in the previous game, hadn't he? And I think yeah. he'd picked up a few other injuries. So he's just obviously missed out due to injury, but, you know, <laughs> we sort of knew when we signed John Souter, he had like an injury past. So I think the one thing we have to accept next season is John Souter's not going to play a 38-game league season for Rangers, as well as playing European games and cup ties. No. So he's basically been brought in as a rotational player. I think that's like where John is going to be. But it would be really difficult to, you know, imagine John playing 40 or 50 games a season for Rangers. It just doesn't really seem like it's going to happen, to be honest with you. But the talk before these these wee injuries was that he was going to be Conor Golson's replacement. Yeah. I don't think any club, any club said that. I think I was just, was that not just fans saying just, that? I don't think club fans, and then it, if Goldson goes, surely is the direct replacement for Goldson? Yes, is he not? No, you need to get somebody else in. He's not going Who to Goldson's that replacement. Well, that's English. That's I, a, I, look, I think the big thing is, look, at the end of the day, a lot of the transfer talk is going to have to wait until the summer because if we won the league, then there's money sitting there waiting to come in via the Champions League. If you finish second, then you need to get through the qualifiers. There's no guarantees you make it through the qualifiers as we've already seen this season, yep. you know. But, I mean, like the only benefit right now for Gio is the longer that we stay in Europe, there's a chance his budget increases in the summer. Yeah. So to get by Dortmund is obviously a surprise most people, let's be honest. If we can get by Red Star and play another game in Europe, and God knows what Rangers would charge for a last eight game, you know what I mean? So, like, I mean, I don't... The place really... tank, I feel. I would imagine Rangers have made maybe four or five million pounds for these last two European games, like between them. So if Rangers then go and charge, say, 55, 60 pound a ticket for a quarter final, you're talking upwards of three million pounds just yeah. for gate receipts. Yeah. 
and that doesn't include hospitality and, and all your sponsorship stuff and then like your television money. So Gio's maybe sitting there thinking if we can get through another round here, that's where the money could come to yeah. replace Colson or or to possibly give him the contract that he's looking for. CGM makes a good point, JD. Golson plays 50 odd games a season, so I only plays maybe half of that. Yeah, Aye, that's it, mate, exactly. And, and, and that's the thing, you, maybe you are bringing Suter in, and it's a rotational thing. I think someone else had said that as well, and that's probably why. You, I think, see if the, the chances of us pulling in another corner goals and playing 50 games a season is tough. I know we've got him and Tav that probably do it, but it's just a, a weird combination to be able to get two players like that. By the way, the, the, we digress away from it. The reason I wanted to talk about Scott Tanner, because I've seen a tweet, I don't know I say who put it out, I can't even remember, um, about the most crosses. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Tav has done, in this season, 325 in the SPFL, and Scott Tanner was second with 203. That's a Henry Yota, Calvin Ramsey, David Turnbull, Barry McKay, Chris Cadden, Barisic. So, Ken, I know you, I've already touched on him, but... That's a great bit of stat. I know stats don't mean much, but that's a big stat for a guy like Scott Tanzer. If a club's are looking at him thinking, he's a guy that just gets the ball and gets in the box. I told you at the start of the season, didn't I? Yeah. I was surprised he went to St. Martin because he offers so much going forward. And if he was at a club, we maybe better strikers in their books. He's, he's a six striker up as well, obviously. He's got him improving him for. I know they say cut his main, but he's just a big lamppost, really, isn't he? Doesn't really <laughs> move about. But no, he's a good player, Scott Tanzer. I'm surprised when he left. And John's like I said to go to St. Mum. Yeah. But just one other thing, talking hearts here. Don't know if you've seen it, but we were linked with uh, Ross Wilson, supposed to like Stephen Kingsley. Don't know mm. what you think of Stephen Kingsley. I know Stephen, I remember Stephen at Falkirk. He went down to Swansea and he's come back up the road to, he went a few own spells and he came back up the road to hearts. Stephen's a good player, but is he better than what we've got? Played with Hull, played with Hull City as well down there. Again, I, I, I think I actually put him in my half season team of the season. You did, um, I'm, he's a really good. He can play left back or centre back, but aye, is he any he better than what we've got at this moment in time? Are we, he are lacks we, are we looking to pace, bring in? Man. He does lack players. pace, doesn't he? Uh, I think he's decent, but I don't know if I would bring him to Rangers. Philander's no pace either, though. Yeah, isn't well, it? he just reads the game extremely well. I mean, different levels. Uh, he's got a better brain, better brain. I mean, I'm actually, I'm just looking at Suter's. So this season, if the stats are right on this particular website, they're saying he's played 26 league games. Um, his highest ever is 28, and that was in 2017-2018. Since then, he's only played 21 season, seven the next. And then I was like a handful of the season, like sort of previous to his best. So, like, I mean, it's clearly a concern that, I mean, like 26, 28 games is the best he's had in his entire career. You know, he's never played a whole league season. So that is obviously a worry. But Hearts knew that when they signed him for Dundee United. And we obviously knew that when we offered them a pre-contract. Yeah. So that's something yeah. that, you know, the medical team must be slightly comfortable with it, if you know what I mean. That the fact that they've, you know, passed a medical and that he's going to come in in the summer. Care, is it me and William were talking about this last week? Does he get a medical to sign a pre-contract, or is it like a will he do the medical after the season and then the pre-contract gets him to that point, or is he signed and that's it? Because you know, still feel oh, like he, he's not signed officially until he's got a contract. He can sign a pre-contract to say Rangers have agreed to buy him. I'll go there yeah. once his deal's over. But if he gets a bad injury, Rangers can see. We don't want him anymore. 
Right. That's what we were talking about that last week, so that's a good, that's a good wee bit of info. But he gets his, real, he gets his final medical at the end of his contract. So, if it, it, it might not, he'll, he'll probably get something through pre-contract, I don't know what, but at the end he'll get his full medical. So, he's just talking, but like Wally says, we, we know his history. So, the club will have known that anyway. It doesn't matter who, who signed him, they know his history. And I don't think we expect him to play every week, but I suppose he's a good enough player to come in on a rotation basis because if somebody's injured or suspended, He's well capable of stepping their place, or even to play maybe a week a game every week. But I don't think he could play Thursday, Sunday, or Wednesday, Saturday, whatever. I don't think he could do that every week. Aldo, see you reflecting back on it. Would you? Are you happy with that? Uh, the signing, I sort of. I, um, because I actually thought he would have came in for the replacement for Goldson, so I was up for it. But knowing that he's been injured now, I didn't know he was injured there. So that is concerning. The worry, the worry is, I know, they said it was an injury, but that's what someone's Chris Stewart saying there, that Howard, he let slip on open goal, that they said he was in his Achilles again, which doesn't sound good, but... Well, I think the manager came out and actually like said that wasn't the case, that he took a bang on the side of his knee and he would only miss a game or two. Interesting. I know, yeah. I think, I, I mean, like, clearly... I don't know why Halliday would say one thing when it was something else. If it is the Achilles, then clearly that changes a lot because that's, I think, like, his two biggest injuries have been his Achilles. But he's yeah. also, I think, done his ACL back he's done the United days. And I think it's like he's only 25, so he's some, he's had some pretty serious injuries already. So you kind of wonder, you know, how long can the ball day, like, sort of hold up for, if you know what I mean, when you've had that many serious injuries at that age. I mean, like, you look at something like Wiltshire, Wilshire was probably one of the best midfielders in Europe, but the injuries have basically took their toll on him. Yeah. And no offence to the guy, he probably shouldn't be playing in Denmark right now, but that's where he is. Do you know what I mean? Because of injuries, this is, what, this is why there's always going to be a concern around Suter. The fact he's going to cost the club nothing in terms of a transfer fee, no doubt like the agent's getting a, a cut and obviously... Suter will get a nice wee kind of cut of wages as well from his time at Hearts to Rangers, but it is a concern. Anybody that says it's not would be lying because, you know, given his injury history, there's no guarantee the guy's going to be able to, you know, sort of play the games that maybe most supporters would like him to. And I think as a crowd of support, we, I think we're getting a bit frustrated by great or good players been out for a while and stuff like that and I, listen I, I've got no issues I, I think John Suter's a crack we've, I've, we've watched every game he's outstanding he's head and shoulders probably the best centre half out with the old firm this season they bother so for me I wouldn't even worry when I'm coming to play it's just whether he can stay fit or not Care. let's just go to the St Mirren try and get themselves back they get themselves back in the game they go to each some hit is it not yeah. What a, what we, a hit. we know Connor Ron has done a couple of goals this season, he's hurt for distance, but this one, I thought at first I'd seen it, he's not meant that, but he actually did, and Greg Gordon just watched it, didn't he? But that's what he's got in his locker, Connor Ronan. that's what he's, I mean, he, he can be like, he can, he can watch my game with St Murnan, he's like, he's not really involved, but then the ball just dropped him, he's like, I'm going to hit this, and he hits it, and I mean, it's up there with goal this season, isn't it? even yeah. at this time, because there's not going to be many people score a better goal, that, no matter who it is. Another, William, Craig Gordon's routine to the spot again, but I don't think he even, he's not expecting it, is he? I don't think any goalkeeper in the world saving that, mate, to be honest. I mean, for a start, you're not expecting him to hit it from the angle he's at. 
you're no really expecting the ball to curve the way that it goes as well. I mean, it's just it's just one of the best strikes you'll see. You know, it's it's a phenomenal strike. And yeah, again, he's another one of these guys we're talking about. I mean, he's he's twenty four. You know, but he's been like sort of hanging about clubs now for for quite a while. And this is kind of like sort of one of the issues you've got down in England, where like guys, oh, I'll go out and loan and go out and loan and go out and loan. But like they don't really ever seem to go anywhere, if you know what I mean. Like, whereas this loan spell at Mun really seems to have helped them push on to the next level. And you would imagine now that there's talk about them becoming a full international with Ireland, will mean that there'll be clubs sniffing round about them. Yeah. And I think you would have to say, when you look at somebody like Jim Goodwin and the job he's done at St Mun before moving to Aberdeen, he had a very good you know, sort of way of bringing in these young Irish guys. Like, McGrath is a really nice pickup. Uh, he's obviously moved on. Was it Wigan, was it he ended up signing right, for? Right, Wigan, yeah. Wigan. And obviously, like, they picked up this lad as well, who I think is on loan to, like, Wolves under 23s. I mean... They've also got, they've also got Connor McArthur there they picked up for that, but he's not signing a new deal, so don't give him a game. Even though he's under contact when the season, they only play him because he's refused to sign a new deal. See that? What, what that man? And then that's the one as well. It doesn't, doesn't make, make sense. sense. No, a club like St Man who are having to get the best defenders anyway. It's all it's like cutting their nose off despite their face, Kelly. Like, oh, you're no playing because you're not. The guys, you gave him a contract. I know. You, they gave him a two year deal or three year deal. So coming to the end, he's seen his contract out. What more do they want for the guy? He doesn't want to sign a new man. He wants to go and develop his career. I think it's he, pretty He's been linked to Aberdeen, but so is the keeper. Jack Olnick been linked to Aberdeen. So I don't know if Goodwin's going to come well, back. Jack- Look at the end of the day, I think when Jack left Rangers, I don't think too many people foreseen him moving to St. Martin. Jack's a good goalie, by the way. Yeah, it's a good goalie. And I think, yet again, I think that shows you how good a manager Jim Goodwin is. That you know, he added some really good quality players at that point. When he added Brophy on a pre-contract, and then obviously Kelly let him kind of go and loan before his contract had run out. And then they got Alwick, you know, they got McGrath, they've managed to bring in some good loans. I think it's a good sign. Well, if you like it or not, but he's went to Aberdeen and he's probably going to bring in the same kind of players. If you know what I mean, he's going to look at the markets that he knows, which is, you know, a lot of the under 23 teams down in England. And he'll look at the League of Ireland because he knows these players and he knows you'll get the best out of them. And when you look at how St. Mum did with Goodwin in the League in the Cup, I think you would have to say that he did a great job. Yeah. I think the, the recruitment he did he did do was and that okay, that may have been perhaps the, one of the wee things that Aberdeen are thinking. Well, he's obviously an eye for a player. And he's got a few links. Maybe that's what kind of got him the job. Else, get him the job because it was a bit not a surprise, but it probably wasn't in the top four or five names that we would have thought would have got the Aberdeen job, was he? I don't know. I mean, he's he's done well with Alloa. He's at Man done well. I think Aberdeen's probably a next step up. He's not going to go really anybody else, is he? And, Aberdeen brought in glass, which failed dramatically. So I think they have to go for somebody who's a bit more conscious of the SPL and somebody that knows the environment here. And good when it fits that bill. Plus, like Willie said, they can pick up players for England, Ireland, and he's working with a bigger budget, wage wise, maybe no cash wise, but wage wise. So he can go and sign free transfers and maybe just slightly better quality because he can maybe offer him a couple of grand a week more. To each it was at that point after that Ronan's goal. By the I was just looking at Ronan there. I think COVID re- ruined a loan move to Grasshoppers last season. He get loaned to Grasshoppers, which was a great move for a young guy, but finds himself in fucking in, in Paisley care. 
<laughs> that's not the best place to be. Meanwhile, he's staying Paisley, but it's not the best place to be. But we're, uh, we're, we're still here. He's I'm, uh, I'm 49 and Wally's 59 and we're still here. Do you know what I mean? He never his ages away, Wally. Um, Aaron McKenneth comes on for your boy, uh, Woodburn Care. Um, what, what an impact that was. His first touch. Does he, he chest in? I thought he kicked in, no? No, I think he uses his chest. I think to use it. Chest. I thought it was about the kind of roof in it. It was a great finish. It was. Uh, he had a decent pull as well. He just not a lot of game time in it, you know. But he's a decent pull, that young lad. Where did he come from? I think he's another League Island one. I think he has played a FIFA. Yeah, that it is. It's been a big impact. The players come over for the League of Ireland in, in recent years to Scotland. Well, that's a normal path for them, though, isn't it? A lot of them do go to England, but that's a, it's a good pathway for them. Well, I mean, like, he's another one that I think he started off in England. Yeah, so I think he started off in Northern Ireland and then he went to England. And then he obviously went and signed for Derry. And then he went for Derry to Shamrock. I mean, there was rumours that Hearts paid, I think, about 200 grand for him. So, I mean, it was quite it was quite a big fee. But, yeah, again, I, think, I don't know what like the, the kind of international status for this kid is, but I know he has played for Northern Ireland at youth level. But because his birthplace is Derry, it's obviously one of those ones, you know, like it's either London Derry or Derry, isn't it? Like depending on yeah. like which side of the fence you're on. So, you know, he might end up playing for the Republic, he might end up playing for Northern Ireland. But I thought he made a huge impact. Yeah. Um, you know, he obviously he scores a goal and then he obviously sets up the other goal. But then that's one of the things that Hearts have been able to do is they've been able to add some decent players in January. And I think, like, sort of when you look at somebody like McAnuff and you look at Sims, I think, like, both of those guys over the last few years who've come in in those windows have managed to make an impact. And that's exactly what he did when he came off the bench. Yeah, they, they, they kind of stretch away and make it 4 2. But again, what a ball in. A bit similar. This was similar to the, the Richard Tate to Brophy goal a wee bit, wasn't it? The McKenna whips it in. And <laughs> Richard Sims Tate was involved in that. I think he's still trying to catch him. He was treading water there, wasn't he? And then <laughs> Charles Dunn just stands back to the boy for Sam's that puts it in the net. No, it's poor defending, but it's a good goal for Hearts. Hearts are quick on the attack, aren't they? They've got the yeah. part one, two touches, they got up there and they get the ball in the box. But they've got players up there that can score. They've got Sam's, they've got boys who links everything up. I like Liam Boys. I just. I think he does so well with team at Hearts. He just he's always involved, and I think he can make the players run about and play better as well. Hearts have got a good side, and to come up for the uh, championship last season, and then be third in the league, and then a cup semi final. Robin Nielsen's done a great job. Yeah, we touched on him last week, Willie, didn't we? Robin Nielsen is doing a great job. Cares nailed it there, third in the league and in a cup semi. Yeah, well, I think at the end of the day, Hearts have always been one of the biggest clubs in Scotland. So when they dropped into the championship, obviously they had the budget, you know, to go out and sign really good players. I mean, how many championship clubs in Scotland can go out and sign Craig Orban? You know what I mean? So that was like the biggest thing. And I think the big thing for me as well is like they've come into the league this year and they've been pretty good. You know, they've shown a good level of consistency overall. I know they went through a wee spell where they where they kind of struggled to score goals, I think it was, but you know, overall, he'd be in third position is exceptional, given that I think most people felt that Hibs were maybe a bit stronger than them in terms of maybe their start and their loving. Um, Aberdeen, I think, even though they brought in a new manager, I think a lot of people felt they would be strong again this season. But it's 
been proving that Hearts have been the third best team in the league this year and they're likely going to finish in third because of the points gap already in place. Yeah. Okay. The only thing I was I was wanting to mention was Jack Anik, and I, I think you've touched on it. Um, I thought he played really, really well as well because Hearts attacked fast and they had a couple of good saves. But um, Kerry, if you're saying there's an opportunity, is he out of contract for St Mirren as well? I'm not sure if he's got a year left or he's out of contract, but he's close to it. Aye. Uh, aye. I know he'll probably go if good things on for some players. I might go with him because he's, he's a former manager and he might just go up there and plus we'll get a wage rise at Aberdeen and. They need a goalie at all, don't they, Aberdeen? That's probably one thing they've stood out this season as Big Lewis has been struggling, isn't he? Aye, he's just, he's kind of done, isn't he? He's getting Aye. to end his career. And I think Jack would be a great signing for Aberdeen. I'm, yeah, I'm just checking here. It does look as though Jack's out of contract in the summer, yeah. if this website's right. So, he looks as though he signed a two-year deal for St Mern. So, if that's the case, there's probably going to be a few clubs sniffing about Jack um, because he is a decent... You know, a decent goalkeeper, especially yeah. in Scotland. Yeah. You could argue that he's maybe one of the best out with, you know, Rangers and Celtic kind of thing. Is that where they see a lot of these lower end teams or even mid tables SPLFL teams? It's really just that's where they, I think they lose out a lot when they, they only give out one, two year. I mean, Levy, I think they just give out a, a, a year's deal to most people. They can't even like, go longer than that because it's not sustainable because they don't know if they'll get elegated, if they'll get a cup in, so they can only go with what they can afford. Yeah. Never, they never get a transfer fee out of most of their players, though. The boys come in, there's a Jack Annick, a couple of seasons, does well, they will move on to the next level, Harps, Hibs, probably Aberdeen. Um, okay. Motherwell 1, um, Hibs 2 in the other game. Uh, yes, yesterday, Saturday. Yesterday. Yesterday wasn't it, aye? Yesterday. Aye. Aye, aye, this is Monday, isn't it? Aye. Yeah. <laughs> Losing back oh, in days, oh, obviously. Let's just do the first, I mean, the first talking point, right? McGart, William, I'll come to you. And now, this is contentious just now with these type of tackles and VAR and VAR would have caused it. Is McGabby's a red for you? No. My first thought was no, and even when I seen it on the replay, it was still no. I think the problem with McGabby is, and he's obviously had a couple of tackles against us as well, I think because he's such a big man, see when he goes into the tackle, it looks like he's really going to hurt somebody, and I don't think that's what he was trying to do. Um, like To me, it's a yellow card, but yet again, as we kind of spoke about a few times, if the referee gives a red, then Val's not going to over, uh, overturn that. And if it's a yellow, I don't see VAR overturning it to a red, if that makes sense, kind of thing. So, and I think that's where we are. It's one of those decisions, depending on who the referee is, that's either a yellow or a red. And it is purely just down to the official. And it was Willie Collum, I believe. So, we got him. That Willie, who's that? We got him. Aye. So, I mean, at the end of the day, Whenever he's in charge of a game, you should probably put a bet on somebody getting sent off because, you know, over the course of a season, he does send off a fair amount of players. And I was actually surprised that he didn't even up, to be honest, at some point, if he had the opportunity. Um, I well, mean, like, why does he not then give uh, is it Jordan Roberts? Why does he not send him off in the seventh minute then? Because I thought it was pretty similar, wasn't it? Yeah, I, mean, thought like, it was, I thought it was worse. Yeah, Aye. I thought it was worse. That's what I was going to say. I, mean, I actually thought that was intentional. I thought he was going to do the boy. And I think that's why there was such a huge uproar in the bench for that one. Because if you're going to 
you know, red card Mugabe, then what's your reasoning for no red card in Nuller, lad? And that's just what I mean about the consistency. So, I mean, if you're like the manager after that game and you go in and see the officials and say, well, I've looked at their two tackles and they're exactly the same tackles. One's been a red, one's been a yellow. Like, how can you explain to me the difference between those two? Because there's no difference in terms of the intensity of the tackle, the speed of the tackle, the physical nature of the tackle. And yet again, it, like it just confirms what we've been saying for quite a while now, that the consistency of refereeing in Scotland is just poor. And that's just something we're not going to get away from until either we become full-time referees or if VAR's implemented. Even when VAR's implemented, as we've seen, it doesn't always get everything no. right either. Kerr, I'll ask you the same question. Are you think we Willie was too quick to flash the card? <laughs> I think by the way, it's a red card. Both of them are red cards, to be honest with you. But the first tackle for me, Mugabe didn't want to hurt anybody. He was just trying to win the ball. He, he didn't. He? he went slightly over the ball, but he got the ball went over the top of it. But I think the reaction for the head players didn't help. Yeah. I think that was poor. And I think. Mr. Toa as in Portis made himself right. I mean, he, he jumped over his own player to cheer somebody else getting set a professional, a fellow pro getting sent off after three minutes. To me, that's just that's no right. But obviously, it's Ryan Portis and he seems to get away with things in the park. Uh, the second one, Roberts, is a red card, but it's a yellow card. I think because it's a close to the first one, he doesn't send them off. So, madness, so madness, it? as madness, it's just the way football is. I mean, I know everybody says the letter of the law. So, do they always go by the letter of the law, or does it come down to the referees? Kind of does he think, does, does, he, does he maybe think in hindsight, shit, I've maybe been a bit uh, too too quick with that one there. Maybe that's why he's not then not doing the second one. I don't know, but I thought Portis's reaction as well, like, you, you can speak all right. We have spoken about Portis on best of the rest a good few times, Kerr, but I thought his reaction was 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 honking as well. Um but uh Hibs got one nil. Now Melkerson is the young guy they got from Bodo Glunt in January, wasn't it? And it was a bit of a, a wee bit of noise about this boy coming in yeah. and they've took their time bedding in. He's, he's they've kind of done the what's known at Ibrox as the kind of the Aaron Ramsey bedding in period <laughs> with this Melkerson boy. Um but First thing, great ball by that Jasper and a tidy finish from the young guy. Yeah, well, I think he's one of these kids that I think he was out on loan for Bodo to, I think it was the league below. Yeah. And he scored, you know, a decent amount of goals. Um, so I think Hibs did well to get him and I think they gave him like yeah. a four-year deal. So, you know, they obviously have great belief in the kid to give him a four-year deal. I know he's only 19, but handing out a four-year deal is pretty impressive. I'm just looking, so last season, it looks as though he scored 17 goals in 26 games in the league, which was a league below the top one in Norway. But, I mean, even at that, that's a hell of a sort of return, you know what I mean? So, I think he's one of these guys that Hibs are going to add to their new kind of B team, I think they're going to have next season. But the fact he came in and scored the two goals when Nisbet been out, I think you've got to keep playing the kid. I mean, he took ah. both his chances really, really well. His header um, was brilliant. I look, I mean, even the second one, mate, when he shows a bit of composure, you know, he's confronting the goalkeeper. You know, a lot of young strikers maybe panic in that situation, but he's stone cold. And maybe that's just due to the fact that he'd scored so many goals the previous season and he's just got a lot of confidence. But 
he took that absolutely lovely, to be fair. And yeah, I mean, he looks a nice find for Hibs, especially with Nesbitt, who looks as though he's going about for pretty much the rest of this year, if if it's accurate that he's out for 79 months, which is terrible for the kid because, you know, it wasn't that long ago that Birmingham were quoted to be paying three or four million pounds for him and he was going to maybe get a financial pay packet that was going to secure him for the rest of his life. 3.2 they offered and they get knocked back. It's mad, Kerr, isn't it? Like, the, see, to be fair, I don't think Kevin Nisbet ever recovered from that deal for that deal not being allowed to happen, to be fair, because his form just totally dipped. And that's the kind of, you don't know if these clubs have got enough support for young guys like that, because, oh, you're no God, that's fine. But for for his own well-being, his head must have been all over the place. Yeah, now he's got a bad injury. Leaves his season. You don't know where he could end up or what, what happens with his career going forward. No, he signs for Birmingham, he's made for life, isn't he? He stays at Habs and he gets a bad injury like that. He's thinking, God, am I going to be back at Dunfermline soon? <laughs> but, you, know, yeah. you, you, never, you never know. But the first go- the goals that boy scored are two good goals. The one he scored with his foot, was like, it, 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 the ball came through him. I don't know if it was it for, was it for Jasper the ball came through? I yeah. Was Jasper, both, Jasper's assist on both of them, Kerr. Jasper's a good player as well. I have to yeah. say, I've watched him a few times. He's decent. But his first touch, Mikkelsen's first touch sets up for himself to put it by oh. goalie. And no, he's a... But he was highly rated, Willie, before he came to Hibs. There was a few teams watching him, but Hibs, for some reason, managed to get him, which I'm not sure why they got him, but he was highly rated. But if he continues, I like to look him. It's the first time I've seen him, I have to say. But sometimes you just watch again, you think he's got something. But the way he took his goals, you know how he finished, doesn't he? Yeah, he took them lovely. Listen, I'm conscious that we're doing this live. I think the Celtic game just finished 3-0 with Celtic, but the draw's on, so... The draw's on shortly, aye. Um, you want to just keep a wee eye on it, Kerr, if you want. We can do our live. I've got Sky Sports on. I'm not getting Premier Sports on because I don't mm-hmm. subscribe to it. Um, okay, we move on. Um, just... By the way, I'm... I'm, 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 I'm El, the goal for um, Motherwell was involved, the goal with the chest. Was the boy Elford. Um, Effort, it was. Aye, Effort. Decent wee finish with the chest, really, wasn't it? Made it 2-1. I, look, I, think, I think one of the biggest things was that at that point of the game, it looked like it was just going to be a comfortable Hibs win, didn't it? You know, it looked like it could have maybe been three or four or five. So fair play to Mullerwell, you know, they showed a bit of character to actually fight back and to stay in the game. And the boy took his finish well. And yet again, I think, like, look at the manager. He obviously knows the English market extremely well and they've managed to pick up some decent players over the season. And I think if that game's a loving against a loving... Although with a fancy their chances of beating Hibs in that game, but when you get a player sent off after what was it like a minute, <laughs> you know, I mean, I mean he's basically like Smallwood so basically played an entire game of football with ten men, so he actually still be in the match. It's actually really impressive what Smallwood did, and I think that shows you that uh, under the manager they do have a wee bit of character about them. Can I just go back and touch on the boy Jasper? Has he been signed by Hibs? Aye. I think he's in load, isn't he? I think he can stay in the Was it, did they get him for Holland? Oh, I think it was for Fulham. Oh, was it for Fulham? I thought it was going for No, I'm pretty sure. I'll just double check. Uh, Fulham 23s, but it says on loan from Cole. I mean, he's on loan for Fulham, but I think, I think they have an option to buy. Right. I'm he's, sure he's, that... He, he, he looks a decent player. He looks like a player that could... Make a wee bit of an impact for them, but saying that, so did a few other players that go to Hibs and then end up going no making an impact if they move on. But no, he looks, he's got a good touch on him, he can pass a ball and he's quick. 
So as somebody, he's, he's probably just a replacement for Boyle, to be fair. But yeah, he looks, he looks he's he's actually, I was just looking at it here. He was born in England, right? Yeah. But he's got Bulgarian citizenship. Hey, welcome back to new video now today. Come to my attention that a few of the Patriots fans from the Super Bowl have. I just looked at that here. So basically, <laughs> he's actually. I was watching a video and it just cropped up with that sound there, but he basically. <laughs> He was born in England, but he plays for Bulgaria under 21s. He's only 20 years old. Rangers will face Celtic in the cup semi final. Aye, uh, Celtic Rangers. Oh, Rangers Celtic. Take that. I would have thought okay, Rangers Celtic. Let's just talk about that then, seeing as that's just happened, right? Rangers Celtic. Um, my reaction okay, is that I would really have loved to have got Hibs in the semi. That's I wanted to get that fucking off that monkey off her back, man. I really did. But it's an old firm semi at uh, Hamden, William. Initial reactions to that, yeah. Look, I mean, at the end of the day, if you're going to win a competition in Scotland, you need to beat Celtic to it more than often, don't you? So, from my point of view, I certainly don't have any fear of playing them. You know, I mean, obviously, last time out was a disappointing performance, but I think we've shown since then that we've kind of regrouped and we've stabilized and we're you know, working our back to where we were before. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't, I think the big thing is. Our record at Hamden in previous years isn't particularly great, so obviously there's a bit of apprehension um, among some of the support. But for me, it looks like we're going to be playing Celtic three times in the month of April or whatever. Yeah. So, you know, it's going to be a busy period. But look, this is why we play football, and this is why you watch football. Yeah. This is why at this time of the season, you know, you want to be playing the best games. And 100% that... You know, Celtic will fancy their chances, we'll fancy ours. It's going to be a massive semi-final. Um, it'll probably be the Sunday, no doubt, because they'll play the Hearts-Hibs game on the Saturday. We'll be the Sunday. Yeah, look, it's great. I mean, bring it on. That's what we want to be doing. We want to be playing in the big games at Hamden. Um, I think on the big pitch at Hamden, it suits us as well. You know, the width that we can get into the game, we can. Celtic will feel the same with Jota, etc. Yeah, it should be a great game, but as always, I always believe that Rangers will come out and talk because, you know, that's what we were brought up to believe, wasn't it? So, of course it was. Kerr, is there any chance we can get this game played at Ibrox on a Thursday night? <laughs> <laughs> to be honest with you, I'm, I'm the same as well. I, I know that last time we played them, they won quite comfortably, but I'm not scared of them. I think probably our last best performance I had them was the, the, the final against them. I know we lost it, but yeah. we played real well that day. Uh, but no... If we can play the way we know Rangers can play, we should go there and we should be confident because we've been, we're playing really well at the moment. And I don't see anything that Celtic, Celtic are any better than us. It's just we were poor at Celtic Park the other week. So I'm quite, I'm quite happy with that. We'll have to, you have to beat somebody. You have to beat two teams yeah. to win it, don't you? So if Celtic's won them, that's fine. Well, see, at the end of the day, see when you see the teams that's went through, Hibs, Hearts, Celtic, Rangers... It was going to be a tough semi-final regardless. Yeah, well, our Celtic drew Hibs, drew Hearts, we drew Hearts, Hibs. You know, like it didn't matter. It was going to be an extremely tough, you know, sort of game to win. So at the end of the day, whether it was Celtic in the semi-finals or it was Celtic in the final, you know, it was going to be tough whoever we had to play over the two games. I mean, like, for Scottish football, that weekend's a magnificent weekend of football. You've got the Edinburgh Derby and then the Old Firm. Why would you not want to show both of those on television and, and get the maximum exposure possible? I think it's great for the game. And yet again, this should be when, you know, all the clubs are chapping on the door. 
and they're saying this is why we need to get a better television deal. This is why we need to get more money invested in the game. Because those two games, I would imagine both games will be packed to the rafters. Hibs yeah. and Hearts will sell out their game. Rangers and Celtic will obviously sell out theirs. It'll two probably be a Sunday game, I would take it. I would imagine Rangers Celtic will be the Sunday. You know? Um, but it's massive. It's massive for us. And obviously, you know, we've got the potential to play them three times in the space of like four or five weeks. So Well, that's an, what's up, what's up, I feel we're semi-final Europa League. <laughs> I'm only kidding. <laughs> <laughs> It's yeah, case, like, you get by you get by Red Star, you're gonna be playing like sort of two quarter finals, Celtic potentially three times. Um it's just it's a crazy could be an expensive could be a expensive month, April. Could be but an then, expensive month. <laughs> but then at the end of the day, like see if you want to be successful and you want to play in all the cup finals, it's always gonna be an expensive that's season. What, that's what we want to be playing Aye. these games. And Players and fans, so it shouldn't matter. No, look at the end of the day, I'm sure I'm sure a lot of people would like to stay clear of Celtic for obvious reasons, but I'm just a big believer in whoever we play, we play, and if we need to beat them, then that's how it is. You know, when we drew Dortmund, my first thought, and I know people probably think it's the right case, my first thought is, yeah, we can do it, why can we not? You know, like, we're Rangers, we're good enough to beat anybody, and that's what, like, what my belief is, is that we can do that. So when we beat Dortmund, was it a shock to a point? Of course it was, because they were a top-class team. But like Rangers have shown enough since Gio's became manager. I mean, like he's lost one game of football, which is fantastic. But the problem is that one game was to Celtic at Parkhead, and it was a rank one forty-five minutes. And that's a game that matters to a lot of people. Of course, it is. and that's why, like, come like the league game on the third, I think it is, and now the cup game, which is two weeks later. We expect to win both of those games. It's going to be extremely, extremely difficult. But that doesn't mean we can't do it. You know, and this is probably now, you know, the manager needs to look at it and he probably needs to use his squad a wee bit because... Well, how many subs will Gio make in April? We should put, I think we should put a book in that. How many subs will Gio make in April? <laughs> I hope like thought about that one already. <laughs> uh, I'm here to ask the hard questions, Kess. I'm going to ask you whether you like this question or not. Do this group of players have a Hamden hoodoo? I don't think so, no. It looks like... Um, it looks like they ever won a game with Hamden then? Well, Tav has, isn't he? Good <laughs> 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 still won a game at Hamden. Uh, I think they know themselves. It doesn't matter who does a day to be broken, aren't they? It doesn't matter who you are. So, and the, the players know that. And the players will go there with confidence because they'll be they'll, they'll be looking back at the last Celtic game thinking that wasn't us. We're better than this, and I'll go there expecting to beat them, no matter who it is. So I'm confident the team can. I'm, I'm confident Gio will fix the team out. If he's done it the last few weeks, we played really well. I'm confident in that. And if everybody's fit, then why should we not go and win every game we play? Yeah. Listen, I, I don't, I'm not going to go back over the Celtic game. They did win 3 0, hit on United. I don't think we expected anything else from it. No. I know there's been a lot on Twitter. Hitatis, is that a sending half? It is, yeah. I mean, I've only seen. I mean, I've only seen the replay of it. To be fair, so it's hard. We have only seen one replay of it. It looked very similar to Bagabi's. So depending on who the referee is, someone that gave yellow, someone that gave red, it just means on this occasion he got a yellow. Um, I just think like that's the inconsistencies that we continue to talk about until a tackle like that is either a straight red or it's a yellow. 
Again, like people are always going to debate these tackles. Um, but I think I think the most interesting thing is in games against Celtic, they always come out the blocks quickly. And the big thing with Celtic is staying in the game for probably the first 30 minutes, because that's how like sort of Postacoglu plays. It's very much in your face, early doors. So if you can get through that 20, 30 minute phase and get your foot on the ball, I think that's when you can get on top of Celtic. You know, I think when you watch the European games in particular that Celtic have been beating in, it's getting through that first phase yeah. and then growing into the game. You know, so for me, if you can stay in the game and then get on the front foot, we have more than enough quality in the final third of the park. We are Ebo, we Kent, we Morelos, we Roof, we Sakala. Um, so I don't, I mean, the big thing for us is just keeping players as fit as we can. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? That's the big no. thing for us is. It's like getting through April with as many fit players as we possibly can. So for us, that is paramount. If we lose two or three players to injury and then you're almost having to play the same 11 game on game, you've seen how quickly you know we can fatigue a wee bit, especially when you're playing the Thursday, Sunday, Thursday, Sunday. Yeah, it's going to be difficult, and it's the players have to just take a game at a time. We can't, we can't look too far ahead because there's a lot of games coming up. And I agree with you, Celtic. I've seen them a few times, and they do come out the traps quick. But in SPL, they get away with it because after they maybe score, even if they only score one, yeah. Apart from maybe Hearts who come back into the game, Aberdeen did it to a point, but everybody kind of just keeps playing the way they're playing against Celtic. They'll sit with their low blocks and stuff, so Celtic have all the ball anyway. Hearts came back and we're unlucky to nick a point. Aberdeen got to two each and then Celtic scored a quick one. So if we play them and they don't score after 20 minutes, 25 minutes, then they do ease off the gas because they can't maintain that for the whole match. And that's why me can open them up because they're not great defensively. Because United had a few chances tonight that were only great chances, but they picked them off a couple of times. But I'm not great defensively, Celtic. Can I just, just jump in? Um, if there's anybody who's jumped on because we're, we're viewers have went up when we only had a maybe... Because well, the cup draw. Hi. So we've actually been on for an hour talking about um, the best of the rest, the SPFL teams, the Scottish Cup special, talking about the other games that are on this week. So, um, but obviously the draw happened as we were doing that. So we just, I think Martin's just quickly changed it and just doing a, a reaction to the draw. So I think maybe people are jumping on thinking, what, what he's actually doing here? What have he's been for the last hour and what he's been talking about? We talked about all the other Scottish Cup games and all the goals and stuff and the incidents and the reds and yellows and. Stuff like that, but we did just draw um, Celtic in the cup. Um, Hamden, we'll, we'll play that. That's a Sunday game. Doesn't that, like, like, that's a Sunday game. There's no even a question about that, Willie. That's a Sunday game. No. Yeah, I mean, let's see. To be honest with you, it would be preferable if we played on the Saturday, if it was possible because of the pitch. Because you know, <laughs> when you're playing like you know the second game, sometimes it can be difficult because the pitch can get churned up, especially if it rains like the day before. But that's just something you have to accept. And obviously, the European thing obviously kicks in as well at that point. Yeah. So you have to kind of look at that as well. But, yeah, like, I fully expect us to be a Sunday, maybe 12 or half 12, because the police don't want these games too much later than that. No. Because it just leaves too many people to sit in the pub dinner or get drunk in the house or things happen. They just so, go to a pub after a game and cause a problem. So that, it doesn't I, matter but, either way. <laughs> no, but like the thing is, like, so that seems to have been the mindset now for a while, is that these I, games are where the kickoffs, and then like preferably they want to get you back in the house, don't they? But look, for us, obviously this is a Rangers podcast, so this is the most important thing, is talking about Rangers rather than Celtic. 
So, like from my point of view, if we can put out our strongest eleven, something we weren't able to do at Parkhead that night, which was unfortunate. You know, we had some injuries, we had players missing, etc. That's just one of those things. Whereas this point, we seem to have most of the players back fit. Ramsey's obviously played his eighty minutes. Hellander's now back. He's played a couple of full ninety minutes. Balligan's fit. Jack's back in the team. Morelos is back for international duty. All these things all play a part. So, of course, you're hoping that we don't pick up any injuries, that nothing happens. But at the end of the day, like the manager, even after that last game against Dundee, the manager's probably got some decisions to make for Thursday night. Sands had a really good game. So he has to be in the manager's thoughts. I would imagine that Ramsey doesn't start but the manager's probably got a bit more faith in Ramsey now. The fact that he lasted 80 minutes and he didn't break down. Yeah. Morelos managed to get a break after 45. Obviously, Kamara got a break after 45. Uh, Kent was about to come off before he took that kick, typically. Um, but he should be fine. Uh, Alan McGregor managed to get a rest. Yeah. So, like, I mean, like for us, this is what we need to do. And I know it's a crazy thing to say, but See if we manage to get a couple of goals against Red Star. We could maybe look at taking players off and starting to think about Sunday. And then on Sunday, if you're you know, playing well against Dundee, get players off as early as possible. I know we kind of laugh about Gio and his substitutions. I mean, it's became a bit of a thing isn't it, in social media. But the manager 100% needs to take players off whenever we're in a position of comfort. Yeah. You know what I mean? If it's, if it's 60 minutes against Red Star... And we are one and say one nil or two one, we shouldn't lose the game for that point. So let's get guys off, let's get guys, you know, iced up, let's get them back on the play, and let's get back to Glasgow. Same with the Dundee game. I mean, if Dundee play the same way in the cup as they do in the league on Sunday, you know, we should be looking to win that game comfortably again. Get the players off the pitch as soon as we can, get them rest and recuperated ahead in the next game because you know April and May is going to be a mental period by the looks of it. See after Saturday, um, no Sunday, sorry. See after okay. Sunday, yesterday. Aye. Do you think that's maybe going to instill a wee bit more confidence in Geo with squad players? Just little things like Sands come in. I mean, what six or seven out of ten done really well, filled the hole, nice footballer, and then even the versatility of Kamara being able to play a wee bit further forward adds another kind of just another wee dimension to it. Then get all these. Sure, Jenkins getting a bit more confident in all these other players. It should be, he's got, he's getting to know the players better, isn't he? He's been here a while now, he's getting to watch them under, they've loved a lot of training sessions because of Europe and stuff, but he played a lot of football, he's getting more training with them, so he's starting to realise what the players offer. You see it with Kamara, he's kind of moved him up the field a bit, which actually has worked, to be fair, yeah, and Glenn, nice. Glenn put in a shift up there, and he's brought in Lundstrom for the cold, which you've mentioned before, which has worked, worked perfectly with Ryan Jack, and even Lundstrom getting back into the back, the back three, What's perfectly so you don't know if you play Lundstrom in the back three Wednesday, play Sands with Jack and Kamara up if he wants to protect it, but still go for it and just go with the two fullbacks. So he could do that. Ramsey to me, I wouldn't start him on Wednesday just for the fact he has recovering from injury, and I think you know, over there it could be an aggressive type of match. So don't, I wouldn't want I wouldn't want Ramsey getting injured again. I think next Sunday against the D, he could yeah. start, he could probably get a goal and then kick on. The league in the cup, I want him in Europe. I if we get through, but I think just Thursday night, I think they will come out quite aggressive to try and get a goal or two. And 
I don't want Aaron Ramsey getting injured because if he gets a bad injury, even injured, he might not play for us again. So I don't want that to happen. So I think Gio will be clever on Thursday. I think, to be honest with European football, so it's Gio. I think he's still finding his way in the SPL, as we've seen with some performances. But not just him, I think they're poor suit European football. They've got more time in the ball and express themselves better because I know mm-hmm. playing against two banks are four, or two banks are five and a four, do you know what I mean? So, they def- and then European football teams come out against you, so it gives us Kent, Morelos, more space to point as well. So, I'm looking forward to Thursday. I'm not, looking, I'm, not, I'm not worried about Thursday. I'm actually looking forward to the game. I think we'll be entertaining, but I think we'll go through. Yeah. See, but see, one of the good things we've just talked about there in that last five minutes is the manager's now got options. Do you know what I mean? Like, for a period there, like, obviously, Arfield was out, Jack was out, Davis was out, Lundstrom was probably better hanging the washing out the back door because he was nowhere near the start of the loving, you know what I mean? Whereas now you've got serious options in there. And the manager, like, sort of moving Glenn higher up the park. I mean, I don't think we've ever seen Glenn Kamara play that high up the park under Gerald at any time. So, like, to see him do that under Gio is quite different. I thought on Sunday, Willie, well, sorry, the thing he'd done, it was a long ball for Golson, and Kamara just first touched back to Morelos, who should have maybe done better, but it's just he's quite thick in Kamara. He's starting to use his brain more. Yeah. He's just going side to side. He's not he's no. developing a, 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 a full football. He's not just like defensively, he can play defensively or offensively. Do you know yeah, I've always said that about Glenn, that te- yeah. technically one of our best players, but he always likes to just sit there and play it safe, see, put him forward. Right. See, even maybe if he doesn't leave or whatever, in six months' time, that could be a what a weapon he could be for you. I think that'd be a chance, don't he? So he's, yeah. Yeah. No, I think the big thing for me as well, like you see like the impact of the players that come off the bench. I know like sort of like sort of McCann and Lowry, I don't know how many minutes they'll get between now and the end of the season, but the manager shouldn't have any fear about putting those two young guys back in the team if yeah. required. And I think that's where the club's gonna have to go in the coming years where it's in the Champions League or it's in the Europa League. You know, at the end of the year, Alex, Alex is a player who has got the ability to create and score goals. Alex is the sort of player who isn't scared to run straight at defenders, to take players on. He'll try tricks that maybe don't always work and he'll try that trick again and it will work. But that's Alex and that's the kind of player that you want in the first team. So, obviously, from my point of view, I want Alex to be in the first team. If he's not, hopefully, you know, we can see him on Saturday for the B team. Um, we got some good news today about the B team. It looks as though we're going to get press access all being well. So, um, Amazing. I think, Mark, I think Martin's going to be in place. Probably annoying everybody, no doubt. We'll no get back in if Martin goes. <laughs> I was maybe going to put that to a vote to see if we actually wanted Martin to get anywhere near that, to be honest. But that's another story for another day. Just tell um, me to keep quiet. <laughs> no, no. But look, I think for us, it's good that we're in a positive mindset. Yeah. We've had a reasonably good last couple of weeks with the Dortmund victories, with the Red Star victory. Um, we've obviously managed to win a couple of you know sort of tight games in the league one nil. Um, we obviously you know won the cup game at Den, so that was really important. Um, but in all that, I totally agree. I think I mean it's nice to see people like sort of commenting on the academy players. I've always been watching the academy now for like six, nearly seven years. Um, and I know I can keep going on about like the talents here, but the talent is there. It's just up to the manager to give the guys a chance. Yeah. And Alex, hundred percent, is somebody that, if given his chance, will take it. I just hope the club can 
you know, sooner rather than later get him on a new contract because the longer it runs on, people start to worry that he could be the next one to leave in the summer because if he, did, you know, if he does decide a new deal, then Rangers are forced to sell him, which is not what the club obviously want to do. Yeah. I think with Alex Lowry, you see him, he's still a known quantity to a lot of teams in Scotland and in Europe. So if he does get a chance, defenders don't know what to expect from him, which is maybe different if they're facing Kent Morelis because they maybe watched him and yeah, them. Alex yeah. had totally different options. So the manager shouldn't have any fear for him there because he has composure, like a few people have mentioned. He's, he does take risks, but I like that in the player because sometimes it doesn't come off, but it means you're willing to play that ball through. Try and play between the lines, you know, always want to play safe because playing it forward, you create chances, you get goals. So Alec does that. And you're seeing these, I know it was Sunday coming as a sub, but his first, when he's the first touch, he sets up a goal because he just played the ball perfectly to fashion to finish. So, no, I think he's got a big future ahead of him and hopefully it's with Rangers. It's, I mean, it's, it's the timing. I'll be honest with you, KD, but it's the timing of the pass, KD, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's perfect. It's like, it wasn't a one step too early or one step too late. It was just bang on the money. It, that's what I was going to say. It seems to be like, oh, it was just, oh, it was easy. MD could have done that. It's not as easy as that. Alex Lowry's in the right position and the way, he, the way he's passed, the timing he's passed was perfect. So, big future ahead. Listen, I would have no doubts, no problems with Alex Lowry getting in and playing number 10 against Dundee. No bother at all. Um, Anyway, I think we've been on for an hour and seven minutes. Um, I think we'll leave it there. Well, I don't even know if you've done. Have you done it yet? No. Oh, he's not being a fun one. I've been at the house since half past 11. I get him at half past eight, and then I come on to this podcast. I wasn't, see when you said. See when you said, I'll jump on if he's needing that. I was like, no, the poor guy's just in for Just let him go. And then Martin's like, yes, William, email sent. I know that's because he's not done a podcast for about three days. That's it. Martin, you're out the press access. JD's in. <laughs> Martin just wants a big gig, doesn't he? Aye. Free food. <laughs> anyway, we'll leave it there, folks. I just want to thank everybody in the comments. That was a good one. Listen, I know I know the best of the rest isn't for everybody's taste. However, we, we commit to doing it. We, we will be speaking about the other teams on this chat, on this channel and on this uh, this series. This series. We've had some good laughs doing it throughout the, on the Patreon stuff, Kel, so we'll keep doing it. Um, we'll try and tone it down a wee bit for the masses, so I don't think we could maybe get away with some of the stuff. Um, I think it's, good to, it's good to talk about our team with JD because we're playing them, aren't we? So it's good yeah. to see them. And We're not going to try and speak through both into glasses. Sometimes we will, but we'll have to be kind of fair and give players a bit of credit when they play against oh. each other. Depending on the team, depending on the players, you know what I mean? Not, not Ryan Portis. <laughs> Absolutely, there's no credit here at all. Anyway, we'll leave it on that note and we will just say uh, good night. We are back tomorrow, um, the midweek pod, where we're going to have a good a good full preview of the, the Red Star game coming Thursday. So uh, thanks, everybody. See you later on. Podcast Network. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? 
a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.